Hello and welcome to episode two of the Business of Finance podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Rosie O'Callaghan, co-founder of Jasperos Recruitment, which specializes in hiring finance talent at all levels across the consumer sector. Rosie is joined by Debbie Chandler, CFO at RVU, who discusses the ins and outs of managing a team through change. If you like what you hear, please tune in for our future episodes where we will be inviting more industry leaders within the finance space to speak on their specialisms and insights. This is the Business of Finance. Welcome everyone to our latest Business of Finance podcast. Um, for, for people who don't know me, my name is Rosie O'Callaghan and I am a director at Jasper Rose. Um, and I am delighted to introduce my guest today, which is uh, Debbie Chandler, the CFO of RBU. So welcome, Debbie. Um, so Debbie and I have worked together for, well, five years or so now. And um, I know RBU as a business has been through so much exciting and positive change, albeit I'm sure lots of challenges for you, Debbie, along the way. Um, so today we're going to talk through how Debbie has actually managed her team through change um, and giving our audience some tips along the way uh, in terms of that. So um, I think before we get going into the detail of that, Debbie, it'd be good for our audience to actually hear a bit about yourself. So most importantly, sort of a background of your career and how you got into finance and what your journey has been in terms of your career to date. So do you mind just um, giving us an overview? Yeah, sure. So um, thanks for having me, Rosie. Uh, I was always taught to be very polite and say thank you. Um, so I I had probably not a kind of textbook introduction into finance, I guess. When I was at uni, I did classics, which for anyone who is not a classics um, fan, it's Latin and ancient Greek. So it's about as, about as far from finance as you can get. But I loved it, but I always knew it was sort of a last ditch indulgence and not something I was going to continue with after uni Um, and I was always interested in getting into business more broadly and for me finance was a a sort of route into that it wasn't I didn't do it because of the sort of technical side of it more as it was a really good way to kind of get a good grounding and then get into the world of business to to work in that Mm -hmm. environment so um so I did my qualification at um big four um for that reason but then as soon as i got the qualification i jumped out of professional services and went into in-house because again it was the the sort of analytical um you know getting stuck into the business bit that i was always really interested in um and when you're in audit which i was doing it's you're sort of you're only like dipping your toe in little bits occasionally and you're really focused on quite the technical side of it and that wasn't really where i wanted to specialize so I jumped to in-house and commercial finance and I went to KFC which I loved great place to work um really buzzy really vibrant culture um great training ground for in-house it's kind of uh it's got that kind of US way of looking at life that that means you're kind of working with dynamic people and like really kind of cutting through the noise um and then I sort of bounced around a bit. So I went to Marks and Spencer's for quite a, a brief period. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that actually I wanted to kind of stay a bit smaller. So um, I went to a furniture startup called Dwell. Okay. Which now owned by DFS. But when I went there, it was very teeny, teeny, tiny, mm-hmm. um, which I loved, but it was bonkers, but I loved it. Um, yeah. And then I went on to Not on the High Street. Again, really great place to work. Um, so I was there for about four years. And then I came into ZPG. So that is the business, the, the kind of wider group that 
now encompasses RVU and then the kind of Zoopla property side of the house. Yeah. Um, and then my role was centrally across both of those. And then the, then I came to head up the RVU side of finance. So RVU being um, Zoopla and New Switch and, you know, uh, several other kind of comparison, price comparison, consumer brands. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. So I joined ZPG six years ago. I've been in RVU for four and a half years. Um, yeah. And it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, lots happened, lots happened, which we'll come on to. Out of interest, obviously, you left practice, went into industry. Did you always work in commercial finance roles since leaving Deloitte? Uh, yeah, actually, it was KPMG. Um, Sorry, KPMG. <laughs> that's right. I don't expect you to remember. I can sing, I can still sing this KPMG Apologies. song, by the way, which is very important. Um, I don't know if Deloitte have a song. That may have been the reason I chose KPMG. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah no i always i i always wanted to do commercial finance um yeah it was it's like the the thing that interests me it's numbers for me are the the tool with which you tell the story about what's happening in a business yes. um obviously there's a load of, it's really important to do all the other stuff but that's not where my my sort of great love of um you know i'm motivated i'm motivated to do the telling of the story with the numbers yeah. and yeah, commercial yeah. finance for me is, is is a really great way to do that um, yeah. So yeah, it was always my heart was always in commercial finance, and that's where yeah. I stayed really until I took the the role heading up the whole of finance for over you. Um, yeah. I was always in commercial finance up to that point. Great, which we can yeah again talk through in a bit because I know lots of people often ask us how do you then transition if you're doing that commercial finance piece and heavily focused on that transitioning yeah. then into that CFO role where it's um, you do need both sides a bit more of the technical side at the same time so yeah. um, but we can come on to that um, so RVU obviously um, been through huge amount of change hasn't it over the uh, past few years so um, again do you mind just explaining to the audience really who RVU are and what changes have happened um, in the past few years so we can get a bit of context behind uh, what you've been doing, uh, which we'll come on to. Sure. So RVU are, um, we're, we're a collection of consumer brands, basically. And um, a lot of people will know, or most people I would imagine will know of our biggest brands. So our biggest brands are Uswitch and Confuse.com. Um, but we also have um, a temporary insurance uh, business called Temp Cover. We have Money.co.uk, which is specialises in financial services, products, comparison. And then we have uh, Mojo Mortgages, which are a mortgage broker. Um, but when I joined, we had U-Switch and quite recently Money.co.uk and that was it. So yeah. that, that is going back to, I guess, your, your original question of what change has gone on since I joined RVU? Yeah. And the answer is uh, the, the corporate structure has changed quite a lot. We have bought um, quite a few companies and we have sold a few companies. So we bought Confuse.com, we bought Mojo Mortgages, we bought TempCover. Actually, when we bought Confuse.com, it also came with um, a bunch of international assets that were basically sort of Confuse.com-esque businesses so price okay. comparison sites but smaller and in more kind of um early stage markets so in spain and france and mexico where yeah. it's not comparison isn't quite as established yeah um, and that was super interesting the international side of it was super interesting and you know much less all the kind of m a side like don't oh. even that, that's a whole other thing like that's it's so i mean it's stressful it's exciting it's all of the other things the thing of kind of all being on the, all the management team who've been in, on the transaction team who've been involved in a 
in a deal and you're waiting to hear if you've got the the business that you want to get and you're all kind of on the phone and like have we heard have we heard I mean and it, it's great I mean it's super exciting so we, we've done the buying of the businesses then we sold the international businesses because it wasn't really our, our kind of strategic focus um yeah. and and so there's been a lot of that like there's there's that's been kind of peppering the the journey since I went uh since I joined um and you know then we've also had those are probably kind of the most most big ticket kind of exciting items we've also had some quite challenging stuff that's happened to us i guess i mean everyone's had to deal with the pandemic so that's not new and actually we're yes. quite lucky i suppose and that the, the businesses that that are within our view are quite resilient to that kind of um change like we're not retail we don't have physical presence so we weren't affected in that way no. um but we have had other thing other macro stuffs been quite tough so like the energy some of the listeners might have heard there's kind of a cost of living crisis kind of affected by the energy market um so a lot we we have had quite a kind of big footprint in energy switching so in the past Mm -hmm. if you wanted to you know if you were with british gas and you wanted to change to octopus or you wanted to change get a better saving you'd come on to uswitch.com and look and see if you could get a better deal um when the energy market went kablooey technical term um that that made a big impact on our business so that revenue stream effectively sort of stopped now we're very diversified as a business so that's we can deal with something like that but it's you know it's hard as a business when you when you have that kind of a big change so that was that was pretty tough um and obviously all the macro stuff that's been going on in the last couple of years and cost of living and you know how that affects our costs there's we've we've been through some restructures and you know, we've had some other fundamental market corrections in other businesses. So we've got this a very diversified portfolio, which spreads the risk, but it doesn't mean we oh. have these sort of bumpy parts of the journey, which is part of what makes it really exciting in a in a business like RVU. But also, you know, it's it's tough. We we um we do, however, say everything is written in pencil in our view is one of our beliefs, and so we 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 know how to roll with punches. Um, but change yeah. is ever present. I would say. Yes, no, I, I think it's um, reacting quickly. Now, you never know what's around the corner, as we've all learned in the last few years, but I guess it's um, navigating that and, yeah, having to react quickly, isn't it, um, off the back of that. And and just understanding when you actually joined, I presume, obviously you were part of ZPG, RBU then formed, um, I presume it was just you, Switch, when she, you started, was it? And then it's the brands have grown through these acquisitions off the back of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so when I started at ZPG, it was just U-Switch in yeah. in those sorts of businesses. Yeah. And then we acquired money. Um, yeah. Then I joined RVU specifically, and then we acquired yeah. the other. So, so yeah, the, I mean, we've gone yeah. from really one comparison brand to five now. We were yeah. seven a couple a uh, year ago when we had the international businesses as well. So it's it's been a, it's been it's been a very yeah. fast rate of growth. Yeah, so huge growth and great to see huge growth in your career off the back of that, which is, um, uh, I'm sure, been very exciting. So um, so I think the, the biggest question then is um, understanding, you know, so much has happened over these years. Um, as we just said, we don't know what's around the corner. Um, and it's how you're obviously leading from the front as the CFO, um, you report to the uh, CEO. Um, is that right? Yes. Um, so, you know, you're the one leading finance and how you actually manage your team through change, because um, 
there's been everything from acquisitions to COVID to the energy crisis. So positive changes, but also very challenging changes. So how have you actually navigated that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a $64 million question to an extent, but um, I think uh, positive change and negative change, I think both come with pros and cons, both mm. of them. So like, you know, you look at, you look even at an acquisition, which, uh, you know, most people would be like, this is, this is a great change, and it is a great change, but it's still hard. Like it's still, you you acquire a, a, re, a new business to add into the fold and you've got to figure out how do you integrate it? To what extent do you integrate mm-hmm. it? How does it affect this person over here versus this person over there? And actually for some people, it probably makes their jobs a bit harder in the day-to-day perspective because they're having to figure out who are the new people to work with and all of that kind of stuff. So I think any kind of change can be, difficult for people um so i think almost whether it's negative negative or positive you still got to kind of think about the same things and i would say the the first thing i'd probably say is really important is simplification and prioritization like when stuff's changing people and and it's stuff that you can't control particularly so Mm -hmm. we as business can control what we buy and sell but most of the people in the business don't have a control over that so that is also something that makes you feel a bit sort of unmoored i guess or can do um so i think as a leader you really need to focus on on helping them to address the things they can address Mm -hmm. and not getting stuck on the stuff that they can't um and sometimes things that you can't control will work in your favor and sometimes they won't um but either way you can't affect it so focus on what you can so like if you think about the energy market which I do very regularly. Um, you know, we couldn't change the fact that Putin invaded yeah. Ukraine. Uh, we couldn't change the global context. But what you can change as a business is how you help consumers to understand what's going on, because it was, frankly, really bloody complicated yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone. So, so we really, really leaned into kind of getting the advice out in the media, um, helping consumers understand what they. Could, uh, should or shouldn't do with regards to sort of switching and what might happen in the future and you know help helping people understand that but also people within the business um you know it was as i said it was, it's it's tough it kind of contracted our income line um and it was a reasonably chunky income stream will be again but yeah. when the market comes back but for a period we've had to make changes to tighten our belts and control costs and yeah. stuff that as finance you're <laughs> thinking about um and, and just kind of batten down the hatches to mi- mitigate what you can uh, until things change again. And so it's that thing of, you know, you know you can't control some things, but then focus on the stuff you can control in that context to, to kind of yeah. make the situation a bit better. So I think that's the first thing is like prioritization and, and being very aware of what the controllables are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, the next thing I'd say is probably it's about trust and integrity as a leader. Um, so it's scary, change is scary with, you know, people are people and they don't you like change. Don't change. No, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Some people like it more than others. I quite like change, but, yes. uh, but yeah, but, yeah it's, it's scary. And there's, as a leader, you know, you feel responsible for people and you feel responsible mm-hmm. for their feelings um, as, you know, we should be as leaders. And there's a temptation, I think, to want to sort of make it all better. And that thing of, yeah. you know, if somebody says, oh, um, tell me that everything's going to be okay. You want to tell people that everything's okay. And actually that's really dangerous in some yeah. context and you don't want to make promises 
you can't keep. Um, it's much better to be transparent about stuff that is hard and then help people to understand how you're going to get through it as a team rather than say, no, 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 it's fine. It's everything's going to be fine when actually you can't promise that. So like, as an example, taking, we, we have made some tough decisions to restructure certain areas of the business and, and they're horrible and they're horrible for everyone, they're particularly horrible for the people at risk. Um, but also to a lesser extent for the people who aren't at risk, but they see it happening and it makes them feel nervous for their own jobs, which, you know, is natural. Yes. Um, and you get asked questions about, will you be making more cuts? Um, and you know, you can, you can say at the, at the time, you know, we don't, we have no intention right now to make any, but you can never ever say as a business, it's very disingenuous to say, no, we won't make any yeah. more cuts. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know what's going to happen in the market. So I think it's that thing of treat people as grown ups, be honest with people and don't, you know, don't promise things you can't. Don't over promise. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it must be very difficult because you're obviously I'm sure you've got very good relationships. Well, I know you've got very good relationships with your team and it's, um, you naturally probably want to protect them, but at the same time, it's a, you've got to, um, follow what the business needs. So, um, I think that communication piece must be really, really key and, um, managing it effectively. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, the, the other thing is just that empathy bit, like, yeah can you can div deliver those sorts of messages and you can you can say all the right stuff but actually at the end of the day um you're gonna get emotion from people mm. uh at tough times and, and at you know good times but anytime where it's unsettling for somebody they're going to yeah. be emotional and you you need to just sort of accept mm. that that's going to happen and not and figure out ways not to take it too personally when somebody is venting their anger at you and sometimes you know sometimes anger is justified to be vented at you but sometimes yeah. somebody just needs to Bent, yeah. uh, and you can't. You know, you just need to be a human about it. You can't always make it better, but you can listen and and kind of hear them, and you know, say, "I'm, I'm sorry, this is rubbish for you." You know, I, I think I think all that kind of stuff is important. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes uh, you yeah. get upset as a leader when you're talking to people who are upset, and I don't actually think that's a bad thing because I think you know we're all people. No, of course. And I think that's so important because I think people assume the leader is this robust person who um, sometimes people think don't have emotional, people don't show their emotion, but, um, you know, change is hard for everyone, the leader or the person working in the business. So that's really important to um, be genuine yourself, I think, um, probably the easiest way to get through it yourself. So, um so yeah, so and I think everyone reacts differently, don't they, to these things? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, if you if you look back at kind of all these changes that have happened, um, is there? Uh, well, I guess what are your key learnings, and is there anything you would do differently with hindsight? Yeah. So, well, hindsight's a great thing, hey. Mm. Um, I suppose like taking taking that bit that bit of the question first. I think when i'm particularly thinking of the 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 more difficult times like the the sort of negative changes but i think when you're in those periods of really significant change or really significant stress as a leader you're very aware that the buck stops with you mm -hmm. um and that means that you know when when times are tough and you, you you tend to be working the long hours i mean that's that's no different if you're a leader than if you're not a leader i suppose but yeah. um but they get very long and you don't have you know you don't have as 
you don't necessarily have as wide a support network to get you through it um, when you're more senior as you do when you're more junior. Um, and actually you end up firefighting a bit, or certainly I, I, my experience of it has been that you can end up firefighting a bit when you're just trying to manage through stuff that, um, that has to get done then and there and you don't have an option. And I think, you know, with hindsight, I would have tried to carve out some time to find ways to solve the big problems um, yeah. in a different way, like find a more strategic way to get through it, um, make big changes, bring on some temporary resource, uh, maybe think about where different roles and responsibilities sit within the team to sort of take, absorb the, the work wow. uh, differently so that actually it helps at the time when you're doing that stopping and thinking is hard but um but doing that a bit more i think would be helpful and then also just i do think there's a time where you just you push yourself too hard and i think yeah sometimes you then get unproductive and that's that's no different when you're senior or junior so i think taking the time to breathe and um you know take a little bit of time out sometimes more would be better um yeah, so, I'm, I'm sure there's the tendency to think, right, just keep going. You've got to get through this, work really hard, overwork probably. And actually in the long term, it's um, making sure you're looking after your own uh, well-being as well. Yeah, that's it. And that, and that kind of stuff is really important. I do think, um, you know, if I think back to five, ten years ago, there's there's a lot of people like your your sort of your people at work and that your network tends to be quite broad and there's people in different places and you can kind of vent or talk about the things that you're struggling with 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 various different people i think when you get more senior actually the things you're struggling with are sometimes more sensitive almost and you don't have as wide a net of people that you can mm. you talk to about it so i think there's definitely the whole kind of it can be lonely at the top thing is definitely real um and so I think having that support network and figuring out who they are and who you can, who your circle of trust is, is so important. And some of that is, it's about your peers at work. Some of that's about your boss. Yeah. Um, some of that's about, you know, what's just having people in your personal life that know that you're having quite a tough time of it at work and they get it if you're in a crappy mood or yeah. you still want to talk about work. Yes. And then, yeah, exactly. And then sometimes it's like, you know, what's your release valve like for some people it's they'll go on a run and for some people it's they'll have a like really long bath or for me it's like I want to paint because I do painting in my spare time mm -hmm. you know going out with friends you need to make sure that those sorts of things exist because they're the things that enable you to do what you do in your day job and if you let them slide too much it, it affects everything so yeah it's no good for anyone is, you, is it if you just focused on the work and not yourself because um yeah, you're probably less productive and um yeah as i say it's important to look after yourself as number one definitely i, I think on that note you know obviously you realized how important it is to have this support network who did you sort of turn to when there were these massive periods of change yeah so um i mean probably i don't have anything too earth shatteringly surprising to say on that but i suppose i do have like we have a senior leadership team at work um and they're really good people like they're people who i would happily go down the pub with but they're also people whose opinions i really value mm -hmm. and so you know if it was really difficult or i needed to get a sense check on stuff i'd, I'd you know grab some time with one or two of them and just kind of get their views on things 
um my boss very much like it's you know some people are struggle with their bosses I guess in life um but you know I feel like it's really important to be able to have an open relationship with your boss and um you know talk to them about stuff so certainly my boss is one of them and then I probably talk to my husband more than he would want he's more of an introvert and I'm more of an extrovert and he'll come back from work and he'll say I'll say how was your day and he'll be like eh. and then I'll come back from work and he'll get about a 15 minute <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> download on them even though they don't want to hear it <laughs> exactly yeah so. yes okay so he he hears it all um yeah poor Simon and, and what about um external coaching did you have any external coaching over the years you know what? I haven't really, not formally. Um, okay. I've definitely, I've definitely got people who I would consider to be mentors in differing degrees, but that's more sort of, um, people who I've worked with, who I value their opinion greatly. Um, yeah. current, uh, my boss or my peers, like, I think we've got very strong feedback culture in RVU. So that, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a thing of constant learning and we want to be learn it all. So, that I feel like learning on the job is important. I haven't had formal coaching, um, but I think informally it, it happens to some extent every day, um, whether that is with people at work or I'm kind of learning from other stuff. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've got a very strong senior leadership ta uh, team around you, um, who I'm sure you support and vice versa. Um, yeah. Great. And I think, you know, it'd be good for you. That's all really useful and I think helpful for anyone leading their team through change. I guess, you know, if you were to give three top tips for someone who is about to go through exactly what you've just been through, let's say over the last five years, what would they be? Mm. Um, so I think number one thing is communication for me. Yeah. That's probably, probably whatever question you ask me about anything in life, I think number one thing is communication. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't, you know, you can't, as a leader, you, I think when you're earlier in your career, you always look to the leader and say, wow, they know everything. They really know, you know, that person really knows what they're talking about. And then you realise that there's a certain point where actually you do, you, you never get to the point where you feel like you know everything. No. Yeah. Um, even when you are a leader, you just get to a point where you, you find out all that you can and then you have to make a decision on incomplete information. So you you can't know everything all the time. But um, And there's obviously things you can't be transparent with teams about for sensitivity mm -hmm. reasons. But you need to be as transparent as you can with teams during tough times so yeah. that they get what's happening, but they also get why it's happening because that's really important um, and how you're going to get through it. Like all of those things are really important. You can't just tell people what's going to, what's going on and like a, a tiny bit of information because they'll just feel left out of the conversation and like they don't really get what's happening. So I think, I think explaining thought processes that are going behind it, explaining what you can about macro factors that you can't control, um, you know, acknowledging that things are tough, all of that kind of stuff is so important to talk to people about. I almost think it's not possible to over communicate when yeah. things after the pandemic, we had weekly all hands meetings that were led by a different member of the SLT each time. And it's a lot, it's actually quite a lot of investment of time for senior leadership to do that every single week. But yeah. the values that we got back from that and how people made that feel, like the, I think I think people almost felt better in the pandemic. I mean, aside from if they had COVID or, you know, all the awful stuff that was going on, but from a work context, they were getting so much communication that the kind of cultural element of it was fantastic. So communication is my number one. Um, yeah. My number two is that prioritization point, like, 
focus on what matters the most. Um, yeah. It's it's particularly important when you're in times of change, when everything's going, going you know, gangbusters. It, yeah. you, you can just kind of kick back a little bit more. I mean, you should never really know, but, um, but when it's tough, teams need support so that they can, you know, cut out the stuff that's less important, focus on the stuff that is. And as a leader, you're going to have a perspective about what is most important that maybe not all of your teams do. So I think it's really important to help them to do that prioritization. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can really add value. Yeah. Um, and then I think the third thing would be that human thing, like, don't forget that you're human. And that means, you know, both from a perspective of talking to your team, but also like being kind to yourself. Um, yeah. I think there is that thing of you can be very task focused as a leader and you can really just focus in on what needs to get done. And actually, if you just do that, you will lose something in terms of bringing people along with you and making them feel empowered and, you know, your own well-being. So I think the humanity element shouldn't be underestimated. Yeah, that's brilliant. So communication, prioritization and be human. Be so human. Like, you need, you need <laughs> to to and to your team, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so key. Um, so don't try and pretend, just acknowledge your feelings and address your feelings, um, both with your team and to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and of course, have that support network, be that your peer group, uh, senior leadership team, husband, who are, friends, whoever it might be. That sounds really, really key. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's brilliant. So that's, that's really helpful, Debbie. And I think... Um, really insightful um i'm always so impressed whenever i speak to you about uh how much you do and how much has changed there's always every time we speak which is whatever <laughs> six months or so something something new is coming up and it's um you know it's uh finding a way to navigate that so um i think those tips will help anyone who is stepping up to this sort of role or is um about to embark on change so thank you and i hope our audience have found it uh useful um so I think um, from our side, you know, if you RBU, I can vouch for having uh, recruited lots for Debbie's team is a great place to work. So um, if anyone is interested about hearing it, uh, about roles at RVU, um, I suggest you follow their LinkedIn page. Um, if anyone is about to embark on big change and um, needs Jasper Rose's support in terms of um, how you navigate that with your team, or if you need to hire in your team, please do reach out to myself. Um, and equally, if you've enjoyed today's session and uh, want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to our newsletters and podcasts. And there'll be a link um, at the bottom of this and um, you will be able to find out all the details of the next ones coming up. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Debbie. Uh, really appreciate it. Is there anything else you wanted to add to your side? Um, I don't think so. Just have fun on the journey. Yes. I think that's the other thing that's really just as a general thing. Sometimes you can get so stuck in the day to day that you forget to be yourself and have a have a good time at work. And I think whether you're starting your career or finish it or finishing it, not finishing it, but kind of further on in it, um, fun is important. So enjoy yourself. Guys. So important. I think I guess it's probably taking that step back, isn't it? And um, if feeling a bit overwhelmed or overworked, it's stopping and taking a step back and actually thinking about it and making sure there is enjoyment in there exactly great well thank you so much um thanks rosie and yeah look forward to our next podcast <laughs>